All right, good evening, everyone, and welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study. We are uh, thankful that those that are tuning in this evening, we hope that this little lesson here blesses you. So we're going to uh, uh, turn your attention this evening to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 6. And we'll read verses 10 through 12. Hebrews 6, verses 10 through 12. Reads like this. It says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you be not slothful, or the New King James Version, it uses the word sluggish. So, that you be not sluggish, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And I would like to uh, title this little lesson here this evening is simply, uh, Do Not Become Sluggish. Easy to say, not so easy to perform outside of that, uh, considering where everybody may be at. But I wonder, uh, this afternoon, Given the option, if you had an option tonight, how many would consider the option right now of going into hibernation and waking up about six months from now, which would put us somewhere around Easter or even a little bit later? Oh my, I wonder how many of us would go for that particular option. And, uh, but of course we can't, at least, uh, I don't think that we can, but I don't know about you, but I have to admit here last few days, I've change of weather, change of time, a little bit of sickness going around <laughs> that, uh, I felt a little bit sluggish. All right, not quite, not quite up to 100%. And I thought, you know, it would be uh, kind of fun just to go into hibernation, get past winter, and enter into the great May, June, into the summer months. But we can't. And I've, but I've always been intrigued by the idea of the big bear as it goes into hibernation. It's really kind of a, of a strange occurrence, right? I mean, they say the black bear will hibernate around five to six months out of the year. Wow. During this time, they will not eat they will not drink, and very seldom do they even need to use the restroom. Okay, enough said there. But, and 
Their normal heart rate of about 55 will drop down. Listen to this. Their, that bear's heart rate, as they go into hibernation, drops from about 55 to about 14 beats per minute. And sometimes as much as 20 seconds between heartbeats. Now, I don't know about you, but that's pretty slow. Pretty slow. And so this scripture here, as I was reading it, and I just felt impressed, uh, you know, that there was, there was something in there that we could bring out maybe and uh, hopefully be a source of encouragement. Of course, we believe that the, the Bible is always, it is the foremost source of encouragement. But talking about being a little bit sluggish and why that comes into play sometimes. And I know as we look around a little bit right now that we are seemingly bombarded with the possibly sickness with national events and we really are entering into what's been diagnosed as all right the sad season it's a real thing s-a-d it is a real thing and you see, since June 21st, we have lost around six hours of daylight and around 30 degrees in temperature. Add to that, we're the month of November, they say, is 50 to 60 percent cloudy days. And so there's this real thing that they call the sad season. And what it is, it's called the seasonal affective disorder. All right? And it's a real thing, all right? It is a seasonal affective disorder. And it's caused when too little sunlight enters the eye. And it causes the brain to produce a hormone by the name of melatonin. This is released when the sun goes down and it gets dark, okay? So too much melatonin creates a biochemical imbalance in the, hold on, hypothalamus region of the brain. In animals, it causes hibernation. In humans, it causes excessive sleep, being lethargic, overeating, and depression. Now, here's a very interesting thing, and we have a cure for that this evening. Okay, if you're feeling a little bit of sad, we have a, we have a treatment for that. What is the treatment for it? Would you believe <laughs> they actually treat this with light? They actually have light boxes that they recommend 
when you, if you're feeling this sad, that when you wake up in the morning, they recommend that you spend your first hour staring, ready? Staring into the light. Now, let me, let's, let's go to a, a setting of scripture that we all, uh, we all have read numerous times and it just goes along with what I'm, uh, what, what our lesson is here. In Luke 24 and verse number 17, we know the story. There are two disciples walking down the road on the road to Emmaus. That's what it's called. And they're walking down the road and their conversation is about everything that's going on in the world today. And as there, and of course, what was happening in their world was the idea, of course, that this one that they thought was going to be their king, he had been crucified and he was dead and their hope was gone. We know the story, right? So Jesus appears to them. He just joins them and starts walking down the road with them. And he asks them this question. He says, he says, what kind of conversation is this that you're having one with another as you're walking down the road and you are sad? Now, it's, I think it's easy to sense someone's uh, mental outlook or their attitude as they're walking. Not so much maybe as they're sitting. But you can imagine the walk of somebody that is sad, can't you? Yeah, they're just kind of, they're just shaking their head, maybe walking kind of slow trying to figure it all out. That's what these two disciples were. That's where they were at. And Jesus says, well, why are you sad? And their response was, are you kidding me? Where have you been for the last three days? Right? Where have you been? And... However many days. Lord, where have you been? And we know the story. The Bible says Jesus beginning at Moses and all of the prophets, he expounds to them in all of the scriptures the things concerning himself. Can I encourage you here today? The first hour of the day, I need some light. When I wake up in the morning, I need some light. When I walk, I talk. And when I walk, I pretend like that Jesus shows up and, he's, and he walks with me. All right? I, that's, I do that. 
You see, because those, that, those first couple hours of the day, when we wake up, we don't know what has taken place through the dark hours, through the night. We don't know what's happened during our hibernation period of a few hours, however long it is. And so when we wake up in the morning, we need to receive the light that comes from only the light source. And of course, we know Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And when I wake up, when I wake up out of my sleep, I am, I have to have that light to enter into my life before I can carry on my day. I hope you're with me. So here we are. So how are things going? Jesus asked him. Like, and in here, 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 where the, their question was, their response back to him says, really? And I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. He says, they said, really, where have you been? Are you a stranger to what's going on? Have you been asleep the last few days? I can well imagine. And you see, we really do, in the physical, we walk this journey by ourselves. You can walk with somebody, of course, and there can be two of you. But for the most part, you walk this journey of life on your own. Except when you allow Jesus to come into your life and become your sole companion that walks with you wherever and whatever circumstance. Now let me, so they, these two, I'm sure paraphrasing here, they said, where have you been? Well, how about this? Jesus' response, not written here, of course. How about, well, you see, guys, I went to the graveyard and it took me three days to work everything out. And now, because I was there for three days, I was dead, but now I'm alive forevermore and have the keys of hell and death. Where have you been, Lord? I've always been right alongside you, and you and I need to understand that it is the light and the truth of the Scriptures that begin in the very book of Genesis and carry right over to the book of Revelation. That's what brings us the source of courage and light because we know that the darkness that tries to come against us 
is only evil that the true light source who is Jesus Christ himself completely dissipates, causes all darkness to go away when it comes to you and I in our walk with God. How about this one? You know, sometimes if you're like me, I, I, I just have a conversation with God. I just, I have a conversation with Him. And it's like, you know, sometimes, you know, we get, maybe you don't, but sometimes I get the feeling, well, Lord, where have you been? And I like this. John writes to us in 14th chapter, I believe it is, and Jesus said, I told you, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He says, I go, where have I been? I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am you may be also. There's a reason why Jesus told us that he was the light of the world. Then he would go on to tell us that we were the light of the world. Because if we stare into his face, if we look into His Word long enough, and when we converse with Him, and when we are reminded of who He is, of who we are, and that He's coming back for me, that darkness begins to fade away and the light begins to illuminate my heart and my mind with the understanding that He is always in the midst of wherever I am. So we can't go back into hibernation, or we can't go into hibernation for the next few months. Or as the Scripture reads in Hebrews 6, it reminds us, it says, and God is not forgetful of your work, excuse me, and your labor of love, which you have shown toward His name, and that you have ministered to the saints of God and do minister. And he writes, and our desire is that each one of you Show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherited the promises. Let me, let me go a step further here and read to you from 1 Corinthians the 16th chapter and verses 13 through 15. This is 
This is a, a very, uh, very powerful and a very exciting portion of Scripture that I've always, I've always loved, and I've talked about it a few times. But I'm, it's partly paraphrased here. But listen carefully. It says, "Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Let all that you do be done with love." He says, "And I beseech you, or I urge you, brethren." that you know the house of Stephen, that it is the first fruits of Achaia. In other words, this was a house and a home that they were the first converts, if you will. And he says this, and he says that they have, he says, I want you to take notice here. He says that this is the first fruits of Achaia and that they have listen carefully, addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Wow. That is the only place in the King James Version that you will ever find that word addicted. Don't you love that in the way that it is in the context of it? That they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Wow. They're addicted to it. What does addiction mean? Well, unfortunately, or I should say, our testimony is powerful. We've been delivered from those things, but addiction is a very powerful thing. There we sometimes, some of us have come out of addictions, but addiction is to be physiologically or psychologically dependent or to abandon oneself to something compulsively or obsessively. Okay. Now, get this. In other words, Paul was saying, well, you got to, you got to meet these folks that are of the church of Stephen's house. He says, they are addicted to the ministry of the saints. Wow. Let me, let me read a text that, that I received. A couple of text messages. To bring this out. We're a body, the Bible says. We're a body of believers. We're not. We can't all, the Bible says, we can't all be ears and we can't all be big toes and so on and so forth. And even with that, it says that we need to give special attention, you know, to the parts of the body that we don't really think too much about, you know, the little finger, whatever, whatever it would be. <clears throat> but Paul's writing here. He was, he was writing and encouraging us to pay special attention to this group of people here that had completely <laughs> devoted themselves to taking care of the body of Christ which is us. You, me, him, her, all of us. 
And let me, uh, <clears throat> here's, a, here's a text that I received at 5.07 yesterday. How are things going, Pastor? Is there anything I can do to help you or the church? Let me read that again. How are things going, Pastor? Is there anything I can do to help you or the church? Wow. Or here's one that came through today at 226. Here's what this text says. This, talking about their, what they were going through the last few days, their season, they go and they say, this has been such a trial, but I've had such good family and brothers and sisters. He just mentioned brothers in as one. He says, it's been such a hard trial, but I've got such a good family and brothers who are always there for me. And of course... Jesus has been by my side all the way. That's why Galatians 6 and 2, it encourages us to bear one another's burdens. James 5 and 16, pray one for the other that you might be healed. When I walk, I talk. When I talk, I pray. I am on the road to Emmaus. I open my heart to God, as you also do. But I cannot help. And I don't say this to you know, to receive any kind of pat on the back or anything, but I am addicted to light. I am addicted to walking. And when I walk, I talk. And when I talk, I pray. And when I pray, I pray for you. And when I begin to converse with the one that comes alongside of me. My countenance begins to change and I cannot help but begin to take on that radiance of light that only comes from the source of light and only comes from the truth. When as I'm walking and I am aware that the one <laughs> that created the universe is alongside of me and he is my comfort and he is your comfort and he has left the church 
in our hands with his help. And he is saying, GK, you, 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 I need you not to become sluggish in the end time. He says, I need you to become vibrant and full of, of the Holy Ghost and full of prayer because you are going to need one another more than you ever have before. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, we know that very well. It speaks to us of standing against the evil of our day. And it talks, of course, about we're going to need the whole armor of God. Then, in verse number 18, it says this. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Along with having to put on the whole armor of God. He says we've got to always be prayerful. We've got to be always watchful. We've got to persevere and <laughs> pray and encourage all the saints. In the Amplified Version, it reads like this. It says, with all perseverance. It says, with all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests at all times. What is your need today? What is your need this hour? On every occasion... And in every season, in the Spirit, and with all this in view, stay alert with all perseverance and petition, interceding in prayer for all God's people. As pastor, I can't turn off the lights and we all wake up on Easter morning. I can't do that. What I can do is I can encourage you to engage the light first thing in the morning until that light overcomes whatever issues that you wake up with in the morning. We can't turn off the lights and pretend like that what we are facing in our day doesn't exist. We can't mentally just pretend like that none of this is happening. We can't wait and until the right time comes along. We can't wait for a better day. We have to worship God. We have to serve God. In this day, we are going to, we're not going to wait till Easter. We're not going to wait for, uh, for a change of the season. You know what we're going to do? 
we're going to change our season because of the life that we have access to. We're going to celebrate Thanksgiving because we have so much to be thankful for. We're going to celebrate Thanksgiving because we have so much to be thankful for. And then we're going to celebrate Christmas because we're so thankful that He came and that He was born into the human family and the Bible says He became my brother. It says that. Then we're going to shout the new year in, knowing our redemption draws nigh. And here is what I can promise you tonight. He will. There's an old commercial that we used to hear on the radio all the time. I think it was Motel 6. He would close it out and he says, and we'll leave the light on for you. Here's what I can promise you tonight. That the God of all creation, when darkness was upon the face of the deep and the Spirit of the Lord began to move, and then once the Spirit of God began to move <coughs> and the Word of God began to be spoken and he said let there be light I promise you tonight this afternoon that he will always leave the lights on for you God bless you this afternoon we appreciate each and every one of you and uh, we look forward to having life church again, not this coming Sunday, but the Sunday following. It'll be the last Sunday in November. God bless you.